This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. You're listening to the Science Focus podcast from the BBC Science Focus magazine team. We're the UK's best-selling science and technology monthly, available in print and in several digital formats throughout the world. Find out more at sciencefocus.com or look out for us in your app store. Hello and welcome to the Science Focus podcast. I'm Dan Bennett, the editor of BBC Science Focus magazine. Around two months ago, a group of 15 people travelled deep into a cave in the south of France. The expedition descended to a point so deep that natural light could not reach them. And there they stayed for 40 days and 40 nights without clocks, phones or any way of telling the time. The project's goal was to understand what happens to our brains and our bodies when we're deprived of an external measure of time. And they hoped to discover how a group of people could adapt to such an extreme situation. Well, just two weeks ago, that team emerged from the cave, and Christian Clough, the expedition's leader and the designer of the Deep Time mission, joins me today to talk about what the experiment discovered, how the expedition changed him, and what ultimately happened when the team returned to the surface. But just before we get into that, I quickly want to bring your attention to our listener survey. We want your feedback so we can make a better podcast for you. To take part, head to bit. Dot Lee, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash science focus survey. There's a chance you could win a £100 gift card for taking part. Now, on with the podcast. First, here's Christian explaining why he thought spending over a month in a cave with no natural light or clocks would be a good idea. Firstly, I will... Our main aim is to study adaptation, how humans can adapt themselves to new kind of situations, a new environment, uh, all things that suddenly uh, hit us and we have to find solutions in a way. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, uh, anyway, we will have more and more of these situations when things will completely change. And mainly for us as European beings in UK or France, else, because we are used to have an easy life in a way for most of us. Um, and we less, um, we have less uh, knowledge about how we can suddenly change completely our, our way of doing things when suddenly things change. And we saw that with the COVID-19, of course. Uh, suddenly, we had to change a lot of things. We were locked down on how we, we live, and uh, and we, we were. it was a bit hard for a lot of people. And we saw that during the, the last year, and we had a study about it called Covadapt, where, where we saw that a lot of people were completely uh, lost in this situation and lost the track of time, in fact. And people were, were telling us, I, I don't remember if I have to eat, if I have already eaten, what, what, what I have to do for tomorrow. So they were a bit lost in, in the situation. So mainly I, I figure that because we were specialized about adaptation, we, we had this 
time uh, issue situations that we had to try to build an experimentation about this idea of time, specifically time. Uh, and, and the deep time project uh, is <laughs> a bit the idea of that. I mean, <laughs> putting, <laughs> putting some people in a cave without anything to go outside and no, no, no light, sunlight, uh, uh, no sunlight, no clock, as you said, no watches, no, no all these kind of things. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty amazing. <laughs> so, so before you went in did you have any hypotheses did you have any ideas as to what might happen if you sent it this you know was it 15 people yeah did you have any theories about what you might see yeah we had uh firstly because we we of course had some some information from other kind of experiences mainly uh the french uh michel Cifre. Uh, who did some experiences in the 60s and 70s in France and, and other people in Germany also. Um, and they tried to, to live in cave without time, but they were alone. And uh, so they had nice experiences and they saw two things. Some of them had a rhythm a bit different, like 25 hours per day, mainly. Uh, others had 48 hours, where they lived like in 48 hours instead of 24. Wow. So we, we knew that we will experience some some change of, of time, some change of, of rhythm. Mm-hmm. But we had other information like with uh, the experimentation Mars 500. Uh, they yeah. Put, yeah, you know that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but again, uh, all that wasn't really interesting because they knew one thing is that uh, it was experimentation. It was just to try to to test things, and uh, and they, they didn't really live uh, a real environment, which is really important because when you are in a in a building, in a, a you, you know it's experimentation, and your brain know that it's just a game in a way. Yeah. When you go yeah. in a normal uh, environment, in a real environment. You suddenly try to f- to find solution to live there and to install yourself and uh, to think, okay, if I had to live there for for my whole life, what would I do? And that's the idea of a cave. So we mixed the Michel Cifre experimentation and Mars 500 and, and a different kind of experimentation to try and to build a new kind of project in real environment, but without time. So to give to give people an idea of what you were stepping into so you had these um i've seen some of the photos there these kind of cathedral like caves huge beautiful be- beautiful for a day maybe but i don't know for 40 days these beautiful caves so what were your living conditions like well the long reef cave is a huge cave i mean it's uh it's really amazing how big is it and uh we, we were able to walk inside and to visit the cave and uh, it was really really beautiful we'll talk maybe a bit about that so mainly we had three spaces three, three different places in the cave one was the base camp and we had a, a nice place with a cooking stove and uh, enough food and all to have some some fun and nice time in a way so it was really our rest area and uh, the place we were uh, living mostly during the day other space 
500 meters far from here was a place where we were sleeping with tent. We each have a tent and sleeping bag and all, all facilities. And so it was our space. We were alone, each of them. Each of, each of us we were alone in the tent, so it was really the place where we had some time for ourselves and to sleep. Other places were for science, so we we, we, we had a, a little building uh, built inside the cave to run some science experimentation. Huh? And the, the fourth place was, of course, the cave itself. I mean, uh, so all the space we had in the cave, it's it's a two-level cave. Uh, the first level is where we were living, and second level, 90 meters down inside the earth, we had a nice other places where we, we had some exploration time. So all these spaces were places we were living in and walking in and experiencing. It was really amazing about that. So I, I want to get to um, what some of the things you learned. But first, I just I wonder, how, how did you feel when you were kind of, you know, you, you thought of this experiment, uh, I presume you thought, well, if I'm going to send 14 other people, I better go in there myself. Um, what, what was it like when you were walking in and going in for the first few days? Really amazing and disturbing experience. I mean, the first night was really disturbing. I mean, you wake up in the middle of, I don't know, in the middle of the night, but <laughs> the night or not, we, we didn't knew that. It was just fully dark because in the cave you don't have any light. So mm-hmm. you wake up and first first thing we want to do is to just to check your, your smartphone to see, uh, you know, what time is it. And, whoa, I don't have this. <laughs> so did I... Did I slept enough? Uh, how many times did I slept? And uh, it's it's impossible to know that. So you just have suddenly to accept that you don't have to 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 try to understand time, but you just try to understand your own feeling. Mm. Uh, did I feel good? Uh, did I feel uh, uh, sleepy or not not sleepy anymore? Or can I wake up? Uh, and so you, for the first few nights, we we need to adjust and to try to accept that okay. I have just one information. It's my feeling, my emotion, and I have to listen to them. And it's really disturbing because we're not used to do that in a normal life. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. And we, we, we were 15, so each of us was feeling the same and trying to adjust uh, uh, to these kind of conditions. And, and we, we talk a lot. Uh, oh, what, what time is it for you? I don't know. But I just slept enough. And uh, no, I, I want to go to sleep again. And uh, I want to eat. And everyone, everyone of us was just trying to adjust. And finally, it took us at least five, six days, I mean, <laughs> considering outside time. <laughs> Uh, to adjust to this, plus we had a lot of things to do. I mean, we were, we had to learn all what, what about a cave and, and to organize our camp and organize our system, and it was really really huge what we had to do. And suddenly, after mainly ten days, we were so tired, so nothing left, nothing more happened. We were just uh, wow, wow, what are we doing here? Right. And uh, again, it took us five, six uh, days where we didn't did anything in fact we were just trying to do something but nothing happened and we were completely completely in different rhythm and some were sleeping when some were awake and we had all all every time every 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 single moment someone awake and uh completely crazy and then again after six seven eight days we, we decided we had to change things 
and uh, we we figured some goals and we decided to work together a bit more. And then again, it changed, and we organized our time, and it was much easier. In fact, that's really interesting. So you had these like you had these phases um, where you went from you know the initial excitement to that's disconnected, and then and then it started to sink back up again. I just want so so with the with the lights in your sleeping area were they sort of personal so you you could there, there was no sort of system of artificial light you know set at a certain time you just had your own little lamps and things is that how it worked and then I suppose in your in your food area you would have an always on light so that people yeah could... we had a, we had a big light in the food area which we can uh, light on or off it was a decision we we made all together right. And all the rest of the time, all in the rest of the of the cave, we had just our small uh, personal lights, and uh, no more. So it's uh, it was really amazing for that. And and did you find again, just to stress, obviously you're going to analyze all the data, but from from your time in there, did you find that your cycles eventually really synced up? Because obviously, uh, there's a good body of research about some people are larks i.e. they like to wake up early in the morning and that's their production. Some people are owls, they, they like to be at night. Did, did you see any of that happen in the cave? Yes, no way, yes. Well, of course, we all had our own rhythm and uh, some were sleeping a lot, some were sleeping only some few hours. Uh, but I was, for example, feeling that my rhythm was normal. <laughs> I right. mean, I was thinking, okay, it's, uh, after some adjustment, I was thinking, okay, it's uh, mainly, roughly, it must be 24, 25 hours a day, and uh, I sleep enough. Just Usually I sleep only four, four hours, four hours and a half, and it's enough for me. So I was feeling that I was in this kind of cycles, and the rest of the day I was working, and it was normal. And I thought really in my head, okay, I have a normal rhythm now. Uh, but at the end of the, <laughs> the experimentation, when when people came and told us, "Hey guys, it's it's finished. You 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 spend forty days in the in the cave," it was just so. Oh, how possible is it? I just feel like <laughs> thirty days, so ten days less. Ten days so less, yeah. yeah, it's obviously we had a, a riff completely different than outside, and and it's something that that was never observed like that in any kind of other experiences till now. So we, we, have, we have now to analyze what happened for all of us and why we had these huge differences between our time and normal time. Yeah. And all, all 15 we were there uh, finally adapt their rhythm to spend time all together. Right. And that's the main... Must more in it's, a, it's a more interesting thing here is that it's much it's less our biology who finally dictates our rhythm, but the idea of being together and spending time together. So we we needed two things. We needed to follow our own rhythm and to spend enough time sleeping and and spending time for us as human being. Mm. Plus to have time for the group on doing things together. So I think it's one of the reasons we spend uh, uh, the average of f- f- uh, 32 hours per day. Uh, so yeah, that's that's something we have to analyze now, but it's really interesting to see that. So what I wanted to ask next then, um, just just lastly on your experience of the, the uh, cave itself, we're all very familiar with where how time can be very fluid, you know, especially when we have a sense of uh, what they call flow, you know, when we're 
busy doing something we love or a hobby or I don't know making some Lego or writing or something you you sense time passes differently did did that did that kind of amplify in in the cave where also you have no context and you were doing work you like you see we were doing exploration you were doing studies did you find that it was yeah. disoriented that's amazing for that because you're right in the normal life we always think oh it's a short time it's a long time when it's the same second in in reality <laughs> in cave we didn't have this kind of 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 sensation we were more thinking we were always in the right time and uh, because we didn't have this uh, clock time normal clock time we we couldn't really compare the feeling we had as person and the reality of time so we we never thought that we always thought it's the right time i spend the right <laughs> time to think and to spend time to read and to to chat with someone and we never thought is it one hour or two hours it was just the right time that was an amazing sensation and in fact yeah. i feel and and i know a lot of my colleagues feel the same uh much more free in in the cave because i didn't had to follow a time i had just followed my time and it's it's amazingly strong as a feeling and yeah I, i'm curious how, how was your mood um because i think from what i read you, you, everyone seemed very happy by the end and actually there were reports weren't there of some people saying oh, i need to go back finish my my research but how, how did you feel your mood um being affected by you know i said there's, there's a lot of factors but um you know not having any contact with the world, not having a phone always pinging at you, and also, like you say, being able to just immerse yourself in your own schedule, your own interests. Well, it was in a way much easier. I mean, well, I had, I had a, I had a, I was in charge of the group, so I, I had a lot of things to think and ask. But I know that finally, at the end of the day, I had much less things to 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 think and to do each day than in a normal life. Uh, I mean, uh, as you said, no email, no phone call, no no recall. Hey, you, you schedule telling you, hey, you have to go there, go quick, please, you're late. And uh, all these kind of things was, was away and really far away. And it's amazing how fast you just uh, feel nicely with this kind of situation. It's much more hard to go back to this idea and to have a game. <laughs> On, on phone call on us and uh, we i think that each of us but one maybe but mainly each of us feel much more free and much more peaceful inside the cave and it's why at the end uh when when, when we had this information guys it's finished now you have to go outside a lot of us were thinking would i really go outside uh, maybe it's better to stay here <laughs> and uh yeah it's a, it's not a long-term thinking because just uh, at the very second we went outside for real when we saw the sun and, and the hot <laughs> and nice it was yeah it's okay i like it also <laughs> <laughs> did you have you taken anything with you from that time you know have you have you maybe you know kept your phone bit further away or have you tried to change how you schedule your time since you've left yeah in a way yes it's um well you know <laughs> as, a, as a as a uh, company manager i had really quickly to go back to my normal schedule <laughs> uh, I, it took me like more than one week before i was 
able again to open a newspaper, for example. I wasn't <laughs> able to really read information, and uh, and uh, I, I try really to, to to put my phone away as much as I can. I can't do as much as I would like. Uh, I try because I really feel that. I don't know. I, I don't know for now, but for sure, I know we have to change something in our life. I mean, we, we. I saw these people not prepared at all to live without time, or not prepared at all to live in a cave at ten degrees Celsius at hundred percent humidity, which is quite hard. And and I saw them, and I think, wow, they're happy, mm. and uh, and more happy than uh, than than a lot of people I saw in my in my normal life. So. I know it's not a way to live like that in a cave. Of course not. <laughs> and uh, I know we. I like also being outside. And well, it's not a nice time for that with the COVID nineteen. But to go in museum, theater, and to to spend time with others and to have social life, all these kind of things we love, of course. But I think we need a mix now. We need to think much more of what is our time, what is what we're doing each day. We we think we have some some equipment, some devices normally here to help us to mm. save time but at the end of the day we know that it took that took us a lot of time so we need to adjust now i i, I feel really bad i don't know how i don't have a solution right now but i know we have to adjust that that's really fascinating because you know like, like you say you, you were interested in overall the most interesting thing you were interested in adapt adaptability how how well people adapt and it sounds like you adapted extraordinarily quickly it wasn't necessarily easy but it it didn't take a, a huge amount of time and in the end um you know with it perhaps with some exceptions altogether well were you surprised by how how quickly a group were able to sort of just adapt to that new world yeah fully yeah really i didn't uh, i didn't thought it would be so quick Really, uh, I read, of course, everything about what, what all the experimentation in the 60s, 70s, and I saw that they, they experienced a lot of pain to adjust and to, to adapt themselves, and uh, that they experienced also some trouble, mental trouble. And so I was really afraid. In fact, I was preparing myself a lot to help people and to think, well, may, maybe I will just fall down, and my guys will, will fall down too. And I was really focused on, well, if I see something, I have to immediately. Um, do something to help them and else. And I know, <laughs> obviously, after five, six days, everybody was fine. Mm. And, uh, and they, of course, we had some little issues sometimes when people felt so that suddenly, oh, it's, it's a bit long, I want to change things, uh, I, I, don't, I don't want to be alone, or I don't want to be again with the group. And we had some things like that, like a normal, normal thing, but really small, in fact. And I, I really think now, I'm pretty sure of two things. The first thing is that the group is the best system to synchronize people uh, uh, together. I mean, it's right. amazing how strong the group is. And much more than a group, uh, the diversity inside the group is really, really important. I build a group uh, with normal people in normal life, but with really different way of thinking they, they're all different and they, they came from all syst uh, social system and different places in france and uh, so they are all really different and uh so that each time we had a problem or something happened someone has a solution and offer a solution and if everybody is ready to listen to others and finally it's easy really 
It's the first time I see that. I mean, each time we had an agreement, in just half an hour, it was solved. Uh, much quicker than in the normal life. So really, I, I saw that a group, when when they decide to cooperate and work together on, on had enough diversity to find different kinds of solutions, that's nothing that you can't do. And that, that's really interesting because I was one, I was wondering, so, so did you build this like an expedition? So did you sort of have applicants and you tried to, you, you created a special group? Well, uh, maybe special is wrong, right? but you created a group based on that kind of thing that you were trying to build the most successful, give the mission the most biggest chance of success. Is that what, how you selected? Yes. Well, it's, it's always a, the difficulty when you build a group like that. I mean, it's, it's again, normal people from every side of society and else, but of course they are all volunteers and all prepared in a way to leave this kind of situation. It's not like people are suddenly hit by a tsunami or else where, they don't have any preparation. I, I prepared them a bit. Uh, it's it's some month. I I talk to them and I I chat to them and I, so they of course it's not just normal people. They are a bit prepared mm-hmm. for this kind of situation and they are mostly also. Uh, I choose for this experimentation people. They all they were all ready to collaborate. I think that's something mm-hmm. really important. It's not. There were nobody just thinking, oh, I, I'm better alone. I don't want you. I don't want to help you. And uh, No, it's not like that. They, they were all ready to collaborate. Right. Yet, yeah. yet, you know that when you are tired, when things are difficult, when you didn't eat enough, you can <laughs> love collaborate to other people. Sometimes you're just bored and, uh, and you, you're not really uh, happy to help other people. So, of course, you always need to adjust. But anyway, it's of course, it's a bias. Uh, but everybody was ready to collaborate uh, as as a as, as a scientist experimentation. It's a bias. But mm. I, I thought for the first time we do that. I can't just put people uh, no. <laughs> ready to fight. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that's really interesting. That's fascinating because that's similar, isn't it? I suppose um, with the uh, it, that's a very sort of something we find time and time again. Um, for instance, in the Apollo, I've been, I was reading about the Apollo missions. And how they yeah. recruited the astronauts, and it was a, very much about collectivist language. People who said, you know, when they said, "How would you solve this problem?" Their answer was, "Well, we would do this, and we would look to this." And mm. um, they particularly picked, I think, people from farming backgrounds. I think because they had that sense of yeah. we we move as one. So that's really interesting that you know you, you see it time and time again. In, in fact, we learn I learned a lot from polar expedition and even. Uh... For the selection, for example, I, I use a lot what, what they do for polar expedition and what they do for Antarctica, and of, co- of course also for the moon uh, um, moon expedition they, they prepare for 2024 in the state. So we, we we pick a lot of different kind of things, and I try to build a way to select my people in the same way, and it worked. In fact, it worked well, and um, I was amazed, really amazed, how much we finally. Uh, spend the time of uh, 40 days without any strong arguments on uh, that. And really, of course, it's, it's some work you need to be ready for to discuss uh, at the very moment you see something happen before even it happened, you have to go on to discuss on two separate people and to chat with them. And, and finally, it's, it occurred and it's work. But anyway, uh, at the end of the day, we, we, we saw that we, we were happy inside. Um, that was really nice to see that. And then it's important to say, isn't it? You, you went, it wasn't just um, 
you know, it wasn't just you were, it wasn't about a qualitative experiment. You, you took tons of data. So can you tell me a bit about what sort of things you were measuring? I know there was lots of uh, samples of different things. What, what, what were you, what data have you gathered to, to now study for the next? Well, we have mainly three kind of data, uh, roughly. Uh, first, all, first group of data was uh, biology. So all about obvious biology, uh, inside temperature, heart tissue, uh, uh, samples of, of blood, or uh, all these kind of things we, we usually do in this kind of situation. Of course, uh, how you sleep with some, some EEG machine and else. So yeah, that was biology and normal biology. Second kind of, of uh, item was uh, cognition. And uh, we had a lot of exercises uh, about cognition, about decision-making, oh, cool. about... Uh, we, we were using EEG also to, to measure uh, uh, brain issue, and we did before and um, just after going outside the cave some MRI, which right. of course we can't have inside the cave, but no. we just just the day before entering the cave, on the day just after going outside, we were inside MRI to uh, have the idea of what change uh, inside the brain, the plasticity we had in the brain. So we, this will be very very interesting because I think. It's the first time we, we we had this kind of experimentation just uh, after this kind of of a cave experimentation. I, of course, I we never know everything, so <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the first time, and um, and yeah, and third kind of of uh, thing was mainly emotions, and we tried to really figure uh, what were the emotions and the evolution of all emotions, sensitivity. Uh, how I feel the okay, cave, why I feel other people, what, what, what I feel in the morning, in the, in the evening, am I sad or happy? All these kind of small emotions that I think are really important when, when you have to take a decision because we, we are pretty sure that each kind of decisions are made before by emotions because you feel an emotion, so take a decision. And so we need to understand much more emotions, which is really hard, in fact, because we don't have... A, specific devices to measure emotions so we have skin um, information uh, to see if people are uh, sweating or not if your heart beating are accelerating on else these are obvious idea of emotions but of course it's not enough so we had a lot of questionnaires about the feeling they had and uh, how they feel the situation and all these kind of things and the Fourth, maybe, um, leverage of information was, of course, all uh, information about uh, the cave itself, temperature, uh -huh. humidity. Yeah. Uh, we, we chose also a cave. I chose a cave because of, of the wonderfulness you have inside the cave and in a normal environment. And I'm pretty sure that wonderfulness, the feeling you, you're happy with seeing your environment and, and interacting with your environment is really important when we talk about adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose because we like Mars 500, they put you, it, it, obviously it will, will be similar to what Mars is like, but they do just put you in a capsule. So you're not, you're not on an adventure. So there's not that, yeah, you know, if you look at the polar explorers, you know, they were going somewhere and there's the wonder. Um, so that's, that's interesting. You know, I saw the eyes of each of them, we, we we had this second level, so we had to go down with rope and, uh, and special equipment and we go down and we have some lake, we have, we have some, some little boats inside the lake and it was really, really beautiful. And I saw the eyes of each of them coming back to this exploration and, and I think, okay, 
this is real. It's a reality. I mean, because they are so happy, they feel something so strong, mm. they want to go back again. So they have a reason to be here. They have a reason to focus on the next day and after. And uh, so this idea of wonderfulness, I'm, I, I saw that in a lot of my expeditions on, on different kind of situations, because you have something that that please you, that make you happy. It's a it's a strong reason to to fight again and to pursue on on your life on the situation, even if the situation is hard. That's that's, that's, that's really true. I've never considered it with these expeditions before. Um, and then just quickly moving on. Um, so you've got all this data. What's what's next now? What, what's the next phase? Um, now you've gathered all of that huge amount of data. Well, we have thousands of data we have to analyze. So we have a different uh, scientific group who, will, uh, who took all the information and they began to be analyzed. We have uh, uh, at least 12 uh, different uh, teams working on the data right now. So it's it will be a hope. Uh, we will have some information, I hope, in some months in autumn. I hope we have. And of course, we need to go again in the field. So we have three projects now. Of course, we, we have to do a deep time uh, again, so a second one at least to to just check if we have the same uh, thing happening or if it will be completely different, which will be <laughs> a bit <laughs> and, uh, um, and I hope some other teams will work also on this kind of situation. So I, I'm really fully open to help other teams to work on this kind of, of uh, experimentation. And um, this will be for with other groups of people and with the same group of people, the very same group of people who, who were in uh, the cave, we will go in some different kind of environments so, uh, till the end of the year and in 2022, we will go in a rainforest, desert, polar area to check if it's the environment with the, uh, the strongest system to, to synchronize or if it's the people right. and they they have the same way of adapting themselves, whatever the environment is, or if for each environment you have a different way of adapting yourself. So it will be really interesting because it's the first time the same group of people will go in different kind of environment and it will be really interesting about the brain issue. Thank you for listening to the Science Focus podcast. Don't forget to take part in our listener survey for a chance to win a £100 gift card. Just head to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash science focus survey to give us your feedback. This podcast is brought to you by the team behind BBC Science Focus magazine. In the May issue, which is on sale now, we take a deep dive into the exciting world of sleep science. And of course, do check out our website, sciencefocus.com. Thank you for listening to the Science Focus podcast from the BBC Science Focus magazine team. We're the UK's best-selling science and technology monthly, available in print and in several digital formats throughout the world. Find out more at sciencefocus.com or look out for us in your app store.